I am Captain Matthew Gillespie out of Philadelphia Police Department's 18th District, and this is Aftermath Philadelphia. In this podcast, we're going to host critical conversations with those involved in reducing the epidemic of gun violence that is gripping our city right now. This podcast features candid conversations that highlight different thoughts and perspectives while offering strategies to lower the violence. I'm pleased to have with me in our first episode the Southwest Philadelphia Anti-Drug, Anti-Violence Team made up of Emart, Tommy, and Jules. In this episode, these three men and I will discuss the causes of violence, specifically social media, what they do to prevent and help, and the roles they play in young men's lives. All right, everyone. Um... This is Captain Gillespie, or Matt Gillespie, and this is one of our first episodes of Philly Aftermath, the podcast that really is addressing the gun violence epidemic uh, from all angles here in Philadelphia. I am really excited to have in the studio, which is also uh, my office right now till we hit it big, big time, <laughs> Ewart, Tommy, and Jules from the Southwest Crisis Team, a.k.a. Pan, uh, the heroes in the trenches, in the streets, the ones that are... You know, when the sun goes down, talking to these young people out there and trying to get them to make better life decisions. Gentlemen, I want to say thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, well, absolutely. Thank you for having us. I mean, you know, the idea for this podcast came really from our discussions, you know, one that we just had. And I just want to get right into it. I mean, we are at a epidemic level of gun violence. Uh, you see on the news what the police are doing. You know, the cops responded to the scene. The cops are investigating. But I want to hear from you guys... Um, what goes on after that shooting? What goes on to prevent the next shooting? You know, what do you guys do? How long have you been involved in this? And Emar, you know, I'm going to start with you. Uh, me personally, I, this isn't anything new to me. Um, although CCIP is now coming up on its second year, or actually going into its third uh, anniversary, uh, but this was um, sort of a mission from the heart, as, as far as I'm concerned, and. Sadly to say, our young folks don't seem to understand the aftermath of their actions. Um, those retaliatory shootings, they are literally like a ping pong. They go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And nobody wins but the morgue and the, the you know funeral director. I mean, you, you can almost... I mean, we talk about it all the time. You can almost see oh, all right, one block shot. Tommy, you said it earlier, right? One block is shooting. Absolutely. Oh, we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know? Jules, I mean, you, you just talked about it before we hit record, right? Somebody moves into the neighborhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, my, please, I, my apology. But, but sadly, I mean, we have to really get back to a point where is that we take a vested interest in where we live and how we live. Absolutely. Uh, and this can no longer be about, you know, a black and white thing. This hey, look, you, you know, we're not fooled that, you know, those things do exist. But it has to really come down to a humanitarian type of a, a thing. Whereas though, you know, look, I, I grew up in the projects, and you know, in that project, of course, that was extended family all around. Well, and you did not want to get caught doing what was, you know, not the right thing to do by any adult. Because it was literally, you're going to pay. You know, there, there were some consequences, of course, for those actions. So we men, I mean, 
dude, we got to man up. We, we can't, you know, just constantly point the finger at somebody else and think that this is somebody else's fault or somebody else's problem. They, no, we, we live here. Absolutely. We know who's doing what. Come on, man. man let's get real. Uh, a firm believer of it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the era of you have the grandmothers are raising these kids and they're when we were coming up the grandmom would whoop your butt mm-hmm. but now they're at the age they can't do that anymore right. so the kids are running over the grandparents literally Absolutely. so is there no structure mm-hmm. and there's no respect mm-hmm. and that's the biggest part that I have there's no respect then we came up we respected everybody. 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 You know, these kids do not have no respect for their own family, so why would they have respect for somebody else? Exactly. And, and that's my thing. If we could get back and start having these kids to have just respect for themselves. And that's where it is. If, that's where it Jules, is. Jules, I mean, hit on that. Come on, hit, hit on that. That's I'm, I'm of the younger generation. I'm of the younger generation, and it's... It's easier for them to do the wrong thing than to do the right thing. Doing the right thing is it's hard for them. Um, not only if, if they're taught, it's okay. Um, but when they go and venture out, it's easier for them to fall into the lap of mm-hmm. the guy down the street who don't have respect. He's been kind of banned from the neighborhood, kind of like blacklisted. And it's easy for them to just get into that as opposed to doing what they do or need to do in a home structure, in a home setting. And I totally agree. I mean, I see it with when I'm out with you guys. I I do. I I see it. And I want to say this. Like, there's an education piece to this. Mm -hmm. There's an employment piece to this. There's a mental health piece to this. You know, it's it's traumatic. I mean, I'm just going to say it because it's my (laughs) podcast and I can say it how I want it. I mean, it is fucking traumatic to be in some of the neighborhoods where, where gun violence is most prevalent. You know what I mean? And it needs to be addressed, and it's... Where are the resources? You know, it's exactly... It's a good point. I mean, it, we say stakeholders. You know, the stakeholders to me are mm-hmm. the old school, right? The the families and the grandmothers and grandfathers, the mentors, the basketball coaches, elected officials, police. Everybody has a role in it. So, so for me, as a police captain in my 18th year, born and raised in Philadelphia, you know, I do have to say this. It was a little frustrating to hear the constant barrage of the police aren't doing enough. Because mm-hmm. we know, and you all know, what we do. Can we do better? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, should we do better? 100%. You know, um, speaking of what we do, can you guys talk to me about what you actually do, what you guys do? Because I know how dangerous it is. I mean, you may not say it, but I'm going to keep it real. What we do is uh, we have two different shifts. We have a day shift that just started about a year ago and a night shift. And we started on a night shift. And we our hours are from 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. from Thursday through Sunday. And we go out on the streets and hit the corners where these young people were hanging selling drugs because we're from the streets so we know how to approach them and we know how to talk to them you know it has been nights you know we approached some like one night young guy held up his shirt tonight's not the night over here I said thanks for saving my life you know hope I can talk to you tomorrow if you're here 
you know. But the, the thing we do is try to give them resources. And another way than selling drugs and staying on the corner is shooting at each other, you know. So we uh, offer them jobs, uh, resume, they need help with a resume. You know, we got different resources that we can offer them. It's up to them. You know, you can leave them in water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where we're at. Most most importantly, offering them a different perspective that it's a different way to go about it. Because like I said, it's easy to say stop this or stop that. But when that guy go from not eating to the guy who's at the corner providing $1,500 to $10,000 to do something for him, and, and it's at one time. It's it's like they play into that social media. They play into that right here, right now. As opposed to telling them, like, we're going to get you this job. You got to wait two weeks to get paid. So once we get a head start on that, I feel like we can change. As a, like as opposed to just telling them, come down in the office. We, we think we can help you. That sounds like a bunch of BS. Yeah, like, yeah. nah, I'm, I'm cool. Here. I hear what you're saying, but I'm cool. And then the minute you turn your back, he walk away. He right back to doing what he doing. He mark. So now the flip side to all of that is when we had a trauma center, because there's a gunshot victim coming through, um, his family's there, the hospital is on lockdown and everybody everybody's hysterical, of course. Fifteen mm-hmm. year old, seventeen year old brain matter hanging out of their head. And you expose to this. You you're witnessing this. And now you are also on the flip side of when that surgeon comes out with the chaplain and informs your family that your loved one didn't make it. Everything is in an uproar then. So it's our duty, and we do do it to the best of our ability, of course, Absolutely. to try and you know be there for that family, offer them some resources, of course, and uh, you know follow up with them. Sometimes, of course, the funeral may not be something that they have the ability to do. Well, we're going to try to find you the resources to bury your loved one. We're going to try to walk you through that whole process, but then we're also going to try to provide you with some grief counseling as well, pointing you in the right direction. Now, we're not just talking about a victim. We're also working with those that perpetrate these crimes as well. So we don't show any, you know, bias or, 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 you know, we try and operate to the best of our ability in neutrality. So those are the things that the unfortunate fact that they don't see. All you see is the, the rest in peace on Instagram, Facebook, so forth and so on. But uh, hey man, they, they, they torn away from a whole family. <coughs> now when you doing time, it's not just you doing time. Your whole family's doing time with yeah, you. Yeah, you know what? That that's what gets me the most Absolutely. You and know what I mean? And most importantly, it goes from a smaller scale as to two families being torn mm-hmm. to pieces to you really affecting your community on a grand scale. Exactly. I mean, I one of the other things that you can't quantify or whatever you want to use, you know, we use data all the time in the police department, you know, uh, what's the percentage of shootings and this and that and the percentages of arrests. You know, one of the things I love about what you guys do is what you can't quantify. How many times have you guys been out to a hot spot in the 18th district, talk to somebody and get that feeling like, yo, I, I, we probably just, he, he might, he or she might be thinking about doing something different tonight. 
going in the house, mm-hmm. leaving it alone. So you got the long-term stuff, but you have the immediate impact, which is like, yo, I, I'm going to go down to Christie Rec, talk to these kids, because they are kids. Um, I mean, I got through to them to the point where they're going to, you change know. Change immediately. Change immediately mm-hmm. long-term, yeah. but for that night, they probably went in the house. Thinking about doing something different, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, at times, we've been successful in just getting them to live just another day. Yeah. Go home, cool out for just tonight. If we can get you to go inside the house and just think about it, tomorrow we may have to confront this whole issue again, but at least for tonight, you're alive. Nobody's having to go to identify you, you know, by a toe tag, fingerprint, or whatever the face, you know, case may be, because your face is not blown off or whatever. And, and, and to piggyback off of what Emart is, is referring to, I also like to think that we try to implement a change in what's normal for them. So what's normal for them is the constant rhetoric going through a, a bunch of hardships and, and trauma to, hey, if you live another day, we could show you something different tomorrow. Right. Cool it tonight. And, and I want to say this. I'm comfortable enough. I grew up in the 35th district. I still live in Philadelphia. You guys know me well enough. I'm comfortable enough to say this. Um, as a white guy, as much as I care, you know, and might have the mm-hmm. same message, it's just going to come differently. Absolutely. From right. a from an African American man who might have had Absolutely. some of the same experiences. Well, we'll also go on record in saying that you you're not just playing. You're not playing the role, you're not playing politics, and you're not playing the fiddle. Uh, we know from our own personal experiences of your compassion, Genuine. your heart for this, and your sincerity. No, You've called that. us countless times. We come to West Philadelphia High School where we have a, a captive audience because that was something that you know you were able to initiate. We've gone. You know, to Sayer and, and had these, you know, talks, of course, these heart to heart talks. And we, we're not talking about on the clock. Or We've done just, this voluntarily. Yeah, because you, you guys know. don't work during or, the day. Exactly. Right. Or, or, or it's just simply, hey, listen, we out in full effect tonight. Try to talk these these young guys. Get exactly. them off the corner before we get out there. I want to throw this Which out is, there. I, we appreciate it. And I don't want to give out names because we're going to, you know, individuals' names are not going to give out. But we're talking about one of the hardest dudes in the in the, in the the dist- <laughs> in, in the city, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a hard, hard, hard individual involved in gun violence, shot twice. Uh, this young man and his family went from very not trusting the police mm-hmm. or anybody, really, to the point now where... We have their cell phone numbers and we can call them. And and he he is going to have to address some of the the issues that he has. But I even spoke to his parents this week. Cool. You know, and that was set up through you guys, you know. And I'm not talking, you know, for the record, I'm not talking for information for the crime or anything. I'm talking about how we can help you move on with your life. And, And that's a person that we help change his normality, his view, or at least his parents in, in, and I guess, for lack of a better term, his the unit or the village that brought him up, we helped change yes. what's norm, a normal family structure for them. Because it was okay, like, uh, he out there, but 
hopefully he'll come back. Then it's like, all right, it's it's getting down to the wire. We worried now. And and, it, and they, the family. Is relying. It's it's funny, right? The family. It's, it's not. It's not funny. I don't mean it like that. Right. But it's, it's ironic. The family now relies on us and you all. Right. Right. To help facilitate his journey. But this is a part of the village. His village is starting to change. So I love that I mean, point. And we have literally talked to young men, and I'm, I'm going to say they're young men because he was 16. This young man was 16, and I said. When you see yourself in five years, he said, "Dead." You know, I was like, "Come on, we gotta think better than that." You know, I said, "If you need me, and we do this all the time, we give them our personal number. You, we have whatever the region, whatever the region, uh, three, four o'clock in the morning from the gentleman, the young man. I just need to talk. All right, let me wipe this cold out of my eyes and get myself together, and we can talk." So, again, it's going into the communities, it's reaching to, and my thing is, if we can get one, then he may go back out and say, like, look, these dudes is okay, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So well, then that would bring another one. And then we, now we, we got on, on that On that right there, Tommy, I mean, literally, that has been our wildfire. That's been our wildfire. Literally, Absolutely. yes. You know what I mean? Because, it, look, Man, just just like an animal is able to sense our fear, and he, he, these cats know who's genuine. They know who's about it and who's not. For sure. You know sure, what I mean. And don't don't come if you're not gonna come correct. Absolutely. And if you don't understand that you plan not only with their lives but your life and safety as you, well, you, because you, they can smell mixed, exactly. They're they're wolves, and they can smell if you got fear, mm-hmm. I tell and they you. will come right at you. I, I tell my young officers this, and all, and, and the ones with time on, you know what I mean. Don't bullshit anybody. Don't mm-hmm. bullshit anybody, and that that is part of the problem that some of these young people got into, right? They Absolutely. were they were told things, they were promised things, they were let down. Exactly. So we as a city, and I just have to say it, we as a city cannot say to somebody. Yo, I got you. Yo, call me tomorrow. And then the phone just rings and rings and rings exactly. and nobody calls you back. That that has to that has to stop. And, and um, it, it's crazy because um, my wife's in the field of social work and so am I. And I also work for um, a residential treatment facility. And the first thing she she told me and her first piece of advice for me was, don't ever promise something to a, a person that may not have mm. and, mm. and you can't fulfill on that promise. Because they'll ask you every day And then the third time They're like You know what It's cool I don't want none of what you got And I'm going to keep doing What I want to do And and don't bring your ass Back down here Absolutely And, and that's what but we they, deal with we, we, we talking about A generation of Immediate gratification Absolutely Right now Right here and right, The, the microwave theory exactly. is, is in full effect So If you don't have it right now Don't come to me I'm cool it, that kind of that kind of blends into my next point. I want to get into. You know, we we get all the time. You know, we do all these calls. You know, the shooting call, the morning call, Comstat, um, and and I'm saying this for informative purposes because the point of the podcast is for the public to learn what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We not we are not just investigating and you know call you later. We're, we're doing a lot of things behind the scenes. The city is. Right. Um, 
one of the things we look at is why is this going on? And a lot of these shootings, Instagram. Mm. The number one source. Instagram. Number one source. You know, especially out here in the 18th district. You, you, you wrapped on Instagram and you dissed me. And it's this revolving door that's the key, nonstop. The key word on Instagram now, and this way you know there's going to be some type of altercation. Pull up. Yep. And it's like Tommy's... That's the key word. Pull and it's, up, and pull it, up. And it's like what Tommy's... To piggyback off what he's saying is it's before and after. It's before exactly. the situation, like he said, pull up. And then it's after the situation we got to score. Well, you to, see what I'm saying? to the parent who says... My child is not like that. Go on your child's Instagram feed. If you want to know who they are, I promise you, they will tell you everything you need to know right then and there. That's the virtual bedroom. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, heard, I, heard, I heard no yeah. guns on the other Literally. day. He say, oh, you got to check. And he's right. You got to check your parent. You got to check your kid's bedroom. Mm-hmm. You got to check your kid's Instagram. You know, I, my daughter is 11 now. She doesn't have Instagram, but when she does, you better believe absolutely. the number one friend that's going to be following her absolutely. is her father. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, 100%. And it's a safety piece because now you got to guard what you consider your village, your community absolutely. against another village or community absolutely. because that's the way they made it seem. That, that's the way they made it to this point. I guarantee we made you, it that way. I guarantee you, if we can shut down Instagram for one week, It'll solve that week. You would have a fifty percent drop in shootings. I I, I want to say again. I'm not giving out names, but five eight in Baltimore. Mm. When I first got here two years ago, and mm. I first met you, four homicides of young people in what five days? Five days. And one of the individuals, and to be quite honest, I thought he had talent. Was um was a rapper, a singer, and it was all over. Instagram people people. talking shit on each other literally yeah and and it's crazy because that's around the same time I told you I moved back to Philly Mm -hmm. and my car got shot up at 56 in Baltimore Avenue and it's just like oh that's when I realized I need to get in some way shape or form to help because I gotta live here hang here stay here and it's like you can't just it's to the point where now you just can't go in your house and close your door Cause they'll come in after you. Oh, of course. So it's it, it's it's like it's that whole see something, say something. It's more like now get out into the community and know your surroundings. Because if you don't, you could be the next Vic. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you will be. And, and let me just touch on this with get out. You know, when you get out, and see something with this snitching thing. See, they took that. And made and, and made they it. don't even know the meaning. Go ahead. Right. They don't they even. You're right about that. They, they don't, don't even know, know the meaning. meaning. They don't even know the meaning. Because you got to be a player first. Is, okay. When it happened in, in in your house, oh, I'm telling everything. For sure. Such and such shot my brother. I'm going to get but him. But you're not a player. But when you see somebody else shoot somebody, oh, you snitching. Don't snitch. No, that's somebody's no. I'm, if we do a robbery together. And I say, E Mark, we caught? That's snitching. Absolutely. Okay. Hello. But Hello. when but, you got people's lives at stake. But also, the rules have changed, I feel like, because now, even now, it's down to women and children. Mm. We ain't even hitting the target no more. You down to women yeah. and children, it's unsafe for your entire your family entire in its entirety. Family. It, 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 I and mean, that's, you, the, you, that's sad. You hit, you hit on a. Um, 
you know, this caught me a little bit. You hit on a point that I've never seen so many 13-year-olds get caught with guns, so many 15-year-olds exactly. get caught with guns. And, and to be quite honest, we had some jobs. I talked to you earlier about what was going on in the University City District. You know, and it was young people. It was the youngest ones that were running the show. Mm-hmm. It was right. the, you know, the natural thing would say, oh, well, the 19-year-old is probably influencing no. the 14-year-old. It was the other way around. Yep. And I was like, what? it threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, you know, somebody in that young person's life knew he or she was doing that and turned the other way. But, yeah. but, or, it, or, or was turned or was turned away by whoever exactly. they reached or, out to. Exactly. Or, or there's no supervision. We can start here. There's no supervision in the home. Like when I was coming up, you had about an hour and a half, two hours tops on a video game. My father wasn't playing that you about to be drowned in a video game. Right. And we talking right. about Streets of Rage, Mortal Kombat. Yes. Now, Grand Theft Auto is it's so real yes. that it's real to them Fortnite. in this world. Yes. It's so real. Every video game is with a gun. It's with knives. You snatching somebody out your out their car. Mm-hmm. They believe that that is real. You know, I want. I do want to say this. An impressionable mind at thirteen. Mm-hmm. They, they, in my opinion, anyway, in my opinion, and we kind of did it on our on our own at, at West Philly and Sarah. You know, that that those things we did, right? The absolutely the whatever you want to call. It, but basically, for our audience, you know, the schools picked out some of the kids that had had some of the harshest issues, right? And we sat in a room. And we and we talked and we broke it down and, and they heard some tough things and we heard some tough things and, and we and we talked it out and I and I can't say every issue was worked out but a lot of kids' mindsets were changed. Right. Um, the schools are closed. Sad. You Sad. know what I mean? The, the schools are closed and I understand COVID and, and all that kind of stuff, but we have to do better as a city, as a country. You know, I always challenge my officers every day. You know, I say this to them all the time. You know, a, an arrest is nice. If it's warranted, obviously, you know, it helps keep the neighborhood safe. But I would like for you as an officer to help somebody make a better decision so they don't do something. You know, take the time to get out of your police car, talk to some. Just because you're standing on the corner doesn't mean you're carrying a gun. Get out, talk to somebody, say, yo, this corner's hot right now. What's going on? Uh, I can't find employment. Let me see if I can help you. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know? Right. So, but it, it has to be that give and take. And that, that's why it really has to come into a, a, a thing of, you know, look, here we are. That whole defund the police, look, that's your belief. I'm, I'm not here to knock it. I'm not even here to challenge it. But the reality is, is that we have to live in a society together. Why not let's find a way to live peaceably if we are able to? That's what we want to do, ultimately. I don't want the police kicking my door. I don't want them stopping me. But I don't want to. Get, I'm, neither should I give them a reason to either. So and and, 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 and I'm going to say this: we as police have to do it the right way. You know, absolutely. walking up to somebody's right. walking up to somebody's car just because you have tinted windows. Yo, what'd you go through that stop sign for? And using foul language and gripping somebody up? Absolutely. No, I, no. That does totally. That agree. does more damage than it will, than, than it will five years worth of good yep. good behavior. Yep. So we as police, and I think especially here in the 18th, we really really strive for that. Um, that's not to say that it doesn't happen. Listen, I can't be everywhere all the time. Exactly. I got 195 cops here. You know what I mean? Um, but to your point, I agree. So with that being said, again, 
it behooves us at the home level. Look, let, let me let me really get with my kid, my nephew, my niece. Let me talk to them. Absolutely. And let them know this is appropriate behavior. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't disgrace where you come from. That's the conversation. Those are the conversations, of course, that we really need to be, you know, having that are realistic conversations and, and just let them let them know, look, you know, cool out. You know, the you said a word that popped in my in my head as we get close to the end here. The most powerful tool that we have with these young people um, is a conversation and listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell my young officers, and it was really at Sarah in West Philly when you guys came. Right, right. And you saw me, right? I'm sitting in the back. Exactly. But what what can a bald-headed white dude tell, you know, some kid? black male. Yeah, I mean, let's just be you know, honest. You know, it, they, They're looking at you and to say that you're privileged. So you, you, you have, haven't been what they've been through. You sure. know, but they don't know your life. But are they just looking at you, white guy, Oh, he's privileged. He probably got big house on the hill, you know. But they don't understand you came up in Philly too. It, 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 and when you came up in Philly, it may have been worse. Yep. They don't know your struggles or anything yeah. like that. But the kids these days, that's all they see. But then when we talk to them, because, you know, they look at us, they say, okay, you've been where I've been at, where I'm coming from. Okay, but again, not that. You know, keep begging on the door. The respect we have to get back the respect. Have to, and that's my have way. to. We have to get back that respect for these kids to understand. You know, to get respect, you got to give respect, Indeed. and that can take you a long way. You know, I say again. You know, you're hearing everything I say to my officers. The the young person may not. They may be so young, they don't understand what respecting themselves is. Is, at all. They, they don't. That's the truth. You know what I mean? Because um, respect is taught. So let me ask you this, though, real quick, Tommy, right? So you come up, you go up on 60th Street, because the captain of the district of the 18th was like, yo, I got some problems. Can you go over to 60th and Locust, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some young people over there um, that we want to help out, talk to, de-escalate, whatever, and they may be real disrespectful. Tell the tell the audience what does paying CCIP do to in that situation to help get through to some of these young people. First of all, uh, they're going to uh, with me being an elder and I'm in my fifties. First thing they're going to respect me by saying "old oh, hey. I take that all day. Okay, because that's a form of respect. They're giving me that respect. And then from there, then I get in their world. You know, let them know I've been there and done that. I said, I can tell you your next move before you even do it. Probably. That's all, you know? that's a, that's the that's probably one of the best statements I've heard all in a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I, I take it from there. Now, and, Jules, as a younger person, though, how do you cross that bridge? Right? Somebody's Somebody's probably like... Either either the same age right. or looks the same age. Right. So I'm because that's a different challenge. So I'm meeting them right where they are. So the term of endearment for me is bro. So you know you know what I mean. So when I'm in do- or engaging a younger guy and we we doing it as a group, I give them a perspective like, hey, I'm your age. Cause because you know you get that. Oh well, I was 17 before. Mm-hmm. Or, 
Yeah, but you were 17 in the 80s. Right. And I let them know. I, I was 17 in the new millennium. You know what I mean? I was 17 after 2000. Right. You know, so some of the challenges that they face, I faced. Or I, that I come from the inner city. I dress like you. I look like you. I've been through some of the things you, you've been through. You know, so letting them know that, hey, listen, I, I'm young and I've really been there before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a reality. And it, it's, it's a level where you can connect with them. D-Mark? The first thing I do is I check myself. I'm not walking up professing to know everything because I don't. I don't know what their struggles are. And some of their realities, I've never lived, but they haven't lived mine. So I immediately give them respect and I demand it in return by my treatment toward them and my conduct within myself. So here's a level playing ground and this is a no judgment zone when it comes comes to me. I don't know what it's like to live with a, a crack addicted mother. I, I have that's not my my reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know what it's like to not have my father around. I don't I don't know that. So I can't come up to you and disrespect what your reality has been because you don't know enough. No no no. Look here, my man. You deserve respect and you deserve to be heard. Absolutely. Tell me what you're dealing with. And if I can relate to it, I'm going to try to drop some science on you that'll have you to think a little differently and maybe think 20 seconds past your anger. Don't throw a temper tantrum immediately. Once we can get there, and now we can talk. If I can get you to talk. That's the first step right there. We good. We good. We can talk through whatever. And and, and I privy myself on knowing the lingo, knowing the culture. Through social media, through music, I always try to teach uh, my older partners, my counterparts. Um, even though you might not like the music, listen to it. Yeah. Because the lingo is in the music. Definitely. So, therefore, when you do approach a young guy on the corner and you speak in his terminology, his lingo, him and his homies can't talk above your head. Oh, no, I know what you mean by that young boy. I know, I know what you mean. And, and really understand what they're saying. Well, me uh, having three sons... I have a 34-year-old, a 29-year-old, and a 16-year-old. They keep me abreast on everything. Absolutely. Uh, I have a wonderful relationship with my sons. Uh, I was, uh, a quick story, my oldest son, we was on the phone one day, and we, all my sons, we end our phone calls with, love you, Dad, love you too, son. And he was with a friend. He said, you just, because I was still on the phone, he said, did you tell, just tell your father you loved him? He was like, yeah. We tell us, that's, that's a given. You know? So, again, these kids, but they don't have nope. nobody to tell them those things. You know? And that's one of my icebreakers when there will be some of these kids. Listen, son, if nobody else loves you, I love you, and I don't even know you. And that's you just a, that's just from a man to a I, man. And I, that's, yeah, and, and you I'll tell you what, they, and they level. And, I got you. And, you know, I'm just saying that's what I tell the kids. Stuff that's like, their I love you. They be like, "Damn, all right, over here. That's mm-hmm. what's up." I, I, I can, I can totally relate to that in a in, in, in a little bit different way. Honestly, like 
if you're if you're a human being with empathy and love for other people, and you just talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you can't help but develop a relationship. Absolutely. Like I do with you guys. I care about you guys. I generally worry about you guys. And some of the hardest dudes out there that are sitting up State Road right now. Wish they had somebody to love I, them. I, you know, listen, I don't condone what they do. I don't condone what they do. And don't get it twisted. Like, they, they have to, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have to be held accountable. But I can generally say I, I do care about, you know, Mm-hmm. Certain ones, certain individuals that I developed a relationship with, because I, I want to say this. I want to say that, like, off the corner, away from their friends, no matter what race, they completely no matter different. what race, um, totally different. They completely, completely, totally different. different. But, but how? But how cool will it be if you're a guy in the community that can say, "Hey, listen, uh, you know what I mean? The police captain in my district. You know, I get to chop it up with him from time to time." Exactly. You know, that, like that's some mm-hmm. cool shit. Like, it, when you get past the street stuff and all that, like he said, when you get somebody along, it's, hey, Cap, I really dig what you're doing. You know what? I want to be a part of change. Mm-hmm. And then right then and there, his normality and his, the way he thinks is now different. We, we have to, um, and I'm just going to say it, you know, we have to adjust some of our thinking Absolutely. here Indeed. internally in the police department. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to give a shout out to Inspector Derek Wood. Um, who is going to be a guest because him and I, that's why we get along so well because him and I have the same mindset. I'd rather get you a job. I'd rather get you off the corner. I'd rather get you mental health training. And I'd rather be your friend and invite you to the basketball absolutely. clinic or whatever than put handcuffs on you. Yep. Absolutely. And, it and, that, absolutely. and that's what I stated earlier in the episode. It's just like, even when he does, even when Cap reaches out to us, it's like, hey, listen, before we got to react to the situation, man, go down there and talk to them, please. Yeah. Yeah. You know right. what I mean, and, and 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 that's that in itself is empathy. That in itself is showing careness and self awareness, not only for his department but also the community in which they function. But we have to create the society, right? That that does not become foreign. Yeah, right. that has right. to be and our new norm. The norm, yep. Well, if, if this COVID thing has not done anything, I'm telling you. It's, it's horrible because I, I've lost loved ones as a result of it as well. And it's, it's real. It is a for real thing. It is. But the reality is, is that I think it had to those of us that are of, of a right thinking, right mindset and mature thinking. It made you step back and reevaluate a whole lot about you. Yep, absolutely. Your life. You know that so it, it's it's not every it's right. Self awareness is it had to, I'm telling you, it really, really sat you down and had and you look made, at yourself. Really. Because at this point you got no but time. Nothing. You got no but time. Can't go nowhere. Can't go nowhere. You know what I mean? <coughs> so along with that introspection and just like listen, man, okay. I'm valuing life now like I did not prior to these things. I mean, just take for instance, man. We we talking about a simple norm of breathing, just breathing. Just breathing. You realize just how precious breathing is. Say it again. On your own, when you're not hooked up to an oxygen tank or ventilator or whatever. Yo, so so when you start to really sit back and do that, it's like, hold up, man. You know, some of the things that I felt were of, of high priority may not be that right. deep. Right. You know what I mean? And, and really, it's making you sit back and just be like, whoa. 
I need to take a whole different approach to life myself. Don't take life so, you know, hard and so serious. Lighten up and realize you ain't right about everything. Let me touch on the COVID thing, and this is going to go back to with you and the, uh, the games, the right. PlayStation and that. Uh, when this is over, right, the COVID, which is not going to be over for probably another year or so, if that, uh, we have to get back to the kids getting outside. See, they're scared to come outside now because of the shootings and everything. But once we take over our neighborhoods again, where the kids can come outside and play, yeah, right, so then they don't have the games in their shooting, yeah, so absolutely. they won't be thinking about that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So we have to get back with the police. They mm -hmm. have to get back to power. Mm -hmm. I Listen, that was at the top of my list. The, my inspector said, what do you need to help reduce crime? That was at the top of my list. Wow. Not, not not crime stuff. Not, right. not yo, get me highway patrol. Not... It was. I need pal out here. Yeah. I need community oriented things out here. Right. You know, and to get because it done, we just have this to. This is where the community and the police officers interact. Absolutely. Yes, this is where the single mother could bring her son to the recreation center, and that police officer builds the relationship. But and they knew that girl, kid was going to be safe for that block for of time. For that time. Exactly. And I, and to piggyback off of Tommy. The influence of what power because I played in the power league um, for a military uh, for a military group or a military team. Um, I think it's the coolest thing now to even be and like I said, with the influence of you guys to be on a first name basis with somebody like Captain Matt Gillespie. You didn't like once you start to understand and know like what type of things and. And, 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 and let's be honest Everything in this world Is a give and take mm -hmm. You know what I mean So it, When you give To get out of a relationship It's no telling What you can accomplish Absolutely Now let me ask you guys this As, as we're wrapping up the episode You know This is an important question For me um, I'll start with Tommy Because you know You have three sons What, what drove you To be a part of uh, the Philadelphia Anti-Violence, Anti-Narcotics Network, um, Crisis Southwest, um, to do this on, on essentially really your own time at night away from your family to help other people's children legitimately, and I mean this, legitimately live. Um, I have a, he's my brother, I'm a master mason, he's my brother, and he said, I have the perfect job for you. He said, and you will make a hell of a difference. And I said, what? And he explained to me. I said, I'm on board. That 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 was, I was on board from day one. Once, once he told me, because and me, again, having three sons, raising three sons is hard in Philadelphia right now. Absolutely. You know, uh, my middle son was incarcerated. He just came home and you know I'm I'm battling with him every day to stay out the streets because I know what's going on and it's just so easy to get caught up in these streets right now because there ain't no jobs you know and then you got excuse me you have these kids right we try to get off the streets 
And again, a young man, this is a short story, uh, trying to get him off the streets. He said, oh, hey. He said, can you give me a job that's making 5000 a day and pulled out 5000 dollars I said, no. I can't give you a job making 5000 a day. But I can guarantee that you won't have to be looking over your shoulders. Mm. And that's priceless. That's priceless. Mm. But see, you got to get them to think. In well, see, way. that's the thing. I got to get them to think that first. So, right. you know, it's a struggle because we're going to go back and forth now. But here's the thing. I'm not going to give up. And it's thought-provoking. Now, Jules, what drove you to this as a younger person? So, um, <clears throat> I went away to school. I went away to school um, and ended up liking where I lived well, or went to school. And I moved out to live in central Pennsylvania. And then I returned in 2018. And like I said earlier in the episode, my car was shot up and I had just took my daughter out the car. So the bullet went through the back and the bullet went through the front. So it had killed me, my wife, and my child. Mm. That was concerning. It was in broad daylight. It was older folk out there and things of that nature. Then a few months later, um, you know, my brother was killed. So it was just like either just keep walking around and saying to myself, it's, it's dangerous down here. Or you can be about to change as a young person. Like I grew up in I grew up in a rough neighborhood. I live in a rough neighborhood. I'm for my community. Um, and I can see the difference that it make. I recently, um, some months ago before COVID, um, went to a community meeting in my elementary school that I hadn't been in, in maybe fifteen years. And the respect that I got just for showing interest to better the community from a younger standpoint. I mean, I was the youngest person and everybody else watched me grow up and we have these elders that are still attending. So I thought it a conviction in my heart to say, listen, man, you can you can be about to change one person. You could be about to change just to show them that it's a different form of normality out there mm. because what you're doing is it's normal to you. It's not normal. It's not a normal way of living. Yeah. And, and to keep passing on trauma, like mm. I said, it starts on a small scale. The trauma starts in the home, then it starts on the block, then it starts in the community, and then where we are holistically, it's affecting the villages of Philadelphia. Mm. It's in every section. It, back then, it used to be, oh, don't go down the bottom of West Philly. Now, it's in the West Philly in its entirety. People, I'm here to let you know, you, you city is West Philly. Violet Kenwood is in the western part of it's it's branching out it's everywhere it's everywhere, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. so it's like you got to be a part of the change if you have that conviction that empathy like cap spoke about how dare you just don't do anything i agree Emart. well my journey started a little while back i was actually a foster parent to six foster children five of them happened to be young men um they stayed with me, of course, until they aged out. But one of the driving forces for me, I have an eight, my, my daughter will be 18 years old as of tomorrow. That's the only biological child that I have. Who is she going to marry? I love who is she going to marry? This is something that was in my heart. In our heart. And I felt like I really needed to make a change. I'm tired of sitting back, listening to the radio, 
listening to, to the news come across and I'm I'm damn near in tears. Having me because call of, you. Right. Literally. This stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because this, it, yo, it breaks my heart, man. It well, breaks my heart. So that, honestly, man, was a driving force behind me saying, look, don't talk about what the solution is. Be a part of it. So that was that was pretty simple for me. Well, gentlemen, I mean, there's really no other way to, to wrap it up, you know, in my opinion. You know, the, the name of the podcast is Aftermath Philadelphia because what goes on after the shooting that's not reported that the everyday citizen doesn't know um i have to say this listen there's a lot of good things going on in philadelphia behind the scenes mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you three are at the top of the list plain and simple um the southwest crisis team philadelphia anti-violence anti-drug network you guys are out there in the streets literally in the trenches dealing with some of the individuals that have some of the deepest issues um around you mm -hmm. know I get to see you every day, or at least I talk to Emar almost every day, whether it's text too. Uh, I appreciate how much you do because it's a thankless job. You know, maybe some of the thanks is when somebody turns themselves around. Mm -hmm. You know, and we have had those successes. Yeah, we have had you know, those and I want to say that because yes. that's not reported, but we have had those successes. But tonight's, you know, discussion, honestly, like the saying goes, I mean, we kept it real, Absolutely. and that's what this podcast is about. Because I'm tired of people saying. Listen, we have an issue with gun violence. It's plain and simple. It's there. But there are people like yourselves grinding, trying to help. And I appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you as well. All right. Thank you, everybody.